Welcome to Growing in the Gospel with Father Zach Weber. It is the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Welcome to Growing the Gospel. It's Father Zach here, and it's Lent. And Lent is tough. I don't know how your Lent's going. My Lent's been full of blessings and full of discouragements, full of times of deep humility, uh, deep sorrow, but also deep peace, too. So it's kind of all over the place. Um, but as we grow in the Gospel, as I look back, last week we heard about Luke chapter 5, from Luke chapter 15, hear about Jesus telling the story of the prodigal son, and that that desire for the Father to run to us, to give us our identity back, and for Him to clothe us in righteousness, even in our messiness, when we feel, I don't, you know, Jesus, I'm not worthy, I'm not, I'm not good enough, I don't, I don't deserve that. Uh, but then there's a temptation for us to also be like the other brother who gets jealous and you know, maybe throws words in there that don't need to be said, which I am very guilty of. You know, I, I get told a lot, Father, why did you say this? Why did you have to say that? I don't know, I'm a sinner, I get prideful, I, I try my best to be merciful, but hopefully we can all see each other as God sees, each other, sees one another, but also be, have a heart of the Father to be merciful. And this week we hear from John chapter 8. We're here from the Gospel of John, and what a beautiful Gospel, the woman caught in adultery, and uh, what a need for the healing of those who have committed adultery, and the Lord does amazing things. So we've even seen, this past week we had Father Ubald here with our bishop and had a healing mass and seeing healings of people that are blind, being able to see people with ALS, being delivered from ALS with autism, cancer, trapped by fear, anxiety, depression, and witnessing, struggling with infertility and witnessing of the healing that happened. Not being able to breathe out of their nose for 10, 20, 30 years and now they can breathe. You know, the freedom, the healing of Jesus. And Jesus is very alive and we're going to have another healing mass here. So if you're in the area or you want to come up, come St. John's in Anago. Friday, we'll have confessions from 5 until 6, 6 of teen, And then mass at 6.30, we're going to have a priest named Father Claudio Barbut from I'm sorry, Romania come here. So if you need a healing, come to that. And then also we'll have uh, Luke Spihar, a Catholic musician, giving us a parish mission from 6 until 8 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, we just need so much healing in our world today, so much brokenness in all of us. The priests, the lay people, all, everyone needs healing and deliverance. So if you are looking for a miracle, come on up. If you're looking for peace, come on up. You know what the Lord uh, is trying to teach us how to love, teach us how to not get caught in the traps of the world. So as always, call upon the Holy Spirit, call upon the Lord, call, get out your Bible study, study Bible, and if you have a catechism, get that out too. And really ask the Lord to move your heart and to remain with Him where He moves your heart, to help you see as He sees. As we read from John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him, and he sat down and taught them. And then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to her, or said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to him to test him so that they could have some charge to bring against him. 
Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking, he straightened up and said to them, Let one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response, they went away, one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. Beautiful gospel and very challenging because a lot of us are judgmental. I can be very judgmental and one of my faults I'm aware of, and sometimes it comes out sideways. Don't know about you, but I do struggle with that from time to time. But always praying for a new heart. But our gospel today, we hear about Jesus being at the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives is, is that mount where is, it's right across from the city of Jerusalem. So Jesus preparing himself to, to go to Jerusalem to, to be crucified, to set things right. And it says, early in the morning, he came again to the temple. So early in the morning is a precursor of a good thing that's going to happen. And typically when it's dark, bad things happen. So the scribes and the Pharisees bring a woman caught in adultery and they place her in, her, in his midst. So they're trying to trap Jesus. They're trying to test him. And this woman has been caught in the very act of adultery, they say. They say, now in the law of Moses, they command us to stone such. What do you say about her? So they say this to test him. So they're setting a trap. They're acting like the devil not like God who sets us free. So two things. If Jesus authorizes stoning, the Pharisees will report him to the Roman, Romans for criminal wrongdoing, for the Jews were not permitted to administer capital punishment under Roman rule. See John 18.31. But if Jesus forbids, not authorized, but if he forbids the stoning, the Pharisees will discredit him as a false Messiah who contradicts Moses. For the Torah classifies, classifies adultery as a capital crime, which you can see in Leviticus 20, verse 10, or Deuteronomy 22, 22. So they continue to ask him after Jesus writes in the ground. And, you know, there's been different things about what Jesus did while he was writing the ground. Some people say he was just kind of doodling, saying, all right, get it out. You know, he just says out of his mystical wisdom, out of his divine wisdom, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw the stone at her. And while he allowed that to sink in to their hardened hearts and hardened minds, he wrote on the ground with his finger again. But it's much more symbolic as far as exactly what he wrote. But the gesture may recall Jeremiah seventeen thirteen, which it says there's a warning that those who forsake the Lord shall be written in the earth because they have rejected the fountain of living water the Pharisees fall into this category for rejecting Jesus, who has been identified as a source of living water. And morally, when we look at the church fathers, look at St. Bede, he says, Christ, who twice bends down to write on the ground, teaches us to bend low in humility to examine ourselves, both before and after addressing the faults of our neighbor. If his example becomes our practice, we will avoid, as he did, the extremes of being unjust and unmerciful towards others. How about you? How about me? Like, do we look at others and judge them? 
Or do we cast stones or do we cast blessings? Do we curse them or do we bless them? And Jesus allows the eldest or the wisest to say, Jesus is brilliant. Jesus is brilliant. So as they walk away one by one, because of Jesus' brilliance, not allowing him to be caught in that trap, Jesus looks up, you know? So that means he looks up at the woman, looks her in the eyes, and he, as he looks you and me in the eyes, saying, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. Notice how she says, Lord. She doesn't say, sir. She says, Lord, which means he is in control of her life now in a good way. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go on, do not sin again. So Jesus neither condemns the woman nor condones her sins. He rather forgives her past and challenges her to live a life of purity in the future. Allow yourself to receive the loving gaze of Jesus so you can give that loving gaze to others because Jesus has no hands but yours, no eyes but yours, no feet but yours, no heart but yours, no mouth but yours. So be Jesus to others. And we do that primarily by going to confession and repenting from our sins to be clean, to ask for a new, new eyes and a new heart. And we lay our stones at the foot of Jesus at the cross and ask for his mercy so we can become mercy. So we can witness to other people how he does amazing things. So maybe I'll see you here on Friday. I hope to see you here on Friday at the healing mass. It's one way Jesus works through his Holy Spirit. We're very humbled and honored up here in Anago to have this opportunity. We want to invite you and you and anyone. And then also, to, you may all see you here on Sunday for the parish mission with musician Luke Spihar. And I'll be closing with one of his songs called Lead Me Away. You know, maybe you're in a dark spot. Maybe you're in a, it's been a tough Lent for you. A lot of heavy news. It's been a heavy one for me, but the Lord's still doing good things. To not lose hope, to continue to praise him, to praise Jesus, to say, I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Not just when it's easy, but also when it's difficult, when you want to throw in the towel and give up. And know that Jesus is right there with you, encouraging you, reaching out his hand to you, to lead you away from the darkness and into his arms, into his light heart. For he says, come to me, all you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. And may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
preach, but don't follow what they preach. Yet curse those who can't. Then lead me away from the serpent's words that sound so good to me. So lead me away. I don't.